busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. My wiring, my personality, and just ultimately the way that I think requires for me to get to the bottom line of a thing, right? I am the 2.0 version, uh, the 60-year-old, 2-year-old that is always going to ask that famous question, why? Why is uh, intriguing to me. It is multifaceted. It helps me learn. It helps me grow. It's E, all the above. And I have morphed into the two-year-old, 60-year-old that loves that particular phrase. What a wonderful phrase. Yes, it means no worry. Because... The ultimate uh, discovery in life is revelation. And so that phrase, that word, that posed question is just so complex. Just, it's just awesome. And it's, if I was a tattooed grandbaby, it would probably be one of the tats. You know, just leave me alone. Let me figure out what font and stencil I would have it in. But it means that much to me. And I realized that as I have been journeying the last couple of months, maybe even the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that there is more to what we see. And I know that probably in plain sight or just hearing that you're like, duh, like what were you thinking? What kind of grandbaby is you? First of all, that's not good English. But second of all, I want you to just kind of like flow with me. I am very goal oriented. Extremely. I will... I'm talking about stiff arm, football, do whatever I need to do to get my touchdown. Like, that is how laser-focused I can get on a thing. If I said I'm going to do something and then I was bold enough to write it down and put some actionable steps behind it, guess what? Everybody uh, around me, <laughs> y'all going to have to get with it or you're going to have to get tossed to the side because what we getting ready to do, okay, is get another point on the board uh, for the kingdom in my name. Like, let's go ahead and just do it. Not in my name, but on God's name. But on my behalf, I'm going to touch this down is what's going to happen. And I've realized that while that is an awesome quality and that is amazing and a lot of people lack it uh so I make sure that I never want to lose it I see the benefit in refining it I never want to be so goal oriented so in goal focused that I have a do not disturb on me that to God I never want to have it, and I want to give you the visual, and I, and I want to give it to you in a visual of a work environment in a cubicle. I never want, and let me just expand on that a little bit. You, the reason why I see cubicle right now is I'm even talking to you, closing my eyes and imagining it, is because the cubicle can be closed on all sides. It may have a little opening for someone to come, but the most exposed part is the bird's eye view. And the way that I envision God looking at us is that he always has that bird eye view. There are some cubicles that they can put up doors, they can close that little entrance, but the part that will forever be the most exposed is the bird's eye view. I never want to be so goal-oriented, so in goal-focused that I have a do not disturb on my bird's eye view 
I don't want to be down in my life doing what I need to do. Just, you know, busy doing the right thing. And when God taps me on my shoulder, I stiff arm him in the football game. So I realized that in order for me to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to be sensitive to the prompting of God, that I need something else to focus on while I'm focusing. And so what helped me, the boundaries that I put up to make sure that I'm bookmarked where I would like to be, is why? Why am I focusing on this particular end goal? What's going to be like, what's the point of it all? And when I pose those type of questions for myself, it helps me to just make sure that I am flowing and I'm fluid with the Holy Spirit. Because as I read things like Mary being told, hey, you're going to have the uh, birth that is among all births. You understand? No one else <laughs> will be able. I'm talking about your picture should be in every maternity ward. Like, yo, shouts out to Mary. I know y'all want to do Hail Mary, but she should go ahead and be in every maternity ward because you are creme de la creme of all things reproductive systems. Like the way that you birthed, it's like, dang, can't nobody, that's a tough act to follow. Can't nobody follow behind that, Mary? Like, Gabriel, you outdid yourself, God. I see how you did that. That was kind of cool. But I just looking at how she was blessed, the whole point of her being blessed to me, for her to be able to birth the Messiah and do all the things was she had to be fluid. Because in my previous mind state, if I was married, it would have been like, I check it. So I just got told I'm getting ready to get birth to Messiah. I got to get on super duper protective mode, super duper safety mode. I don't know what kind of tent you get ready to have us in, Joseph, but it needs to be extremely child proofed. <laughs> this ain't no regular baby. This is the Messiah, sir. So I need you to go ahead and make sure. I don't know. I know plastic and all that stuff is not invented yet. Um, child proofing may not be invented yet, but you need to do something. You need to go back, get with God, and say, hey, what do I need to do to make sure this baby is never scarred, never traumatized? He can't get bit by no dog. He can't be. Uh, gliding on no on offenses no i need he can't climb no trees no sir because you have to understand the assignment you gave me is huge and i want to make sure that i get to the end of this goal saying i did all that i can do i put my all into it and i want to hear um well done that faithful servant but while that mind state is awesome and it shows responsibility and it shows yo you can count on me it gives god no room to tell you hey don't take the child over there because there's some people that are going to be trying to kill him. So I need you to take the boy and I need you to take her and I need you to go over there. Hey, um, I know you wanted to real quick, Joseph, say uh, you felt like it would bring some shame to her. So you was going to go ahead and silently break off the particular engagement. Don't do that. Hey, instead, take and go over there. Mary, go to your cousin Elizabeth. Say nothing because I'm going to confirm to you that what Gabriel tells you, like, yo, she felt it too. I, like that mindset leaves no room for the protection that God wants to give you. God wants to protect you. God wants to make sure it's safe. Like, God is not, I know we saw Bruce Almighty, but he's not dropping off a gulf of wood. And um, I'm sorry, Evan Almighty. <laughs> My husband's the, the movie connoisseur. Have a nice day. But he's not dropping off the gulf of wood and just walking away and saying, have a nice day, built it, and nothing else to talk about. God is giving the overarching goal 
And then he's giving you detailed instructions for you to get to the goal. But the goal in itself is so multifaceted that you need your ear to God in order to hear what do I need to do to safeguard this? What do I need to do to protect this? What do I need to do? Oh, we ahead of schedule? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, you need me to sit back and delay a little bit? Oh, okay, great. What I learned even with my husband and I building a home is that there was a particular schedule, right? There was, uh, listen, your closing date is sometime in October is what they originally said. We signed all the paperwork, did what we needed to do, solidified that thing in May. So I went into, okay, I need to go into buying mode. I got to get the refrigerator. We got to get a new washer and dry. What particular sales come up between May and October? Oh, for July 4th. And, and so I'm putting all this stuff together. Guess what? I left no room for the potential of the closing date being shifted. So what ended up happening is I had to call uh, Lowe's so many different times to let them know, hey, hey, can we push back that schedule date? Yeah, that delivery date. Um, I don't need. It. My closing date was shifted to January of the following year. I already bought everything that I needed. Okay, we had that thing solidified before September, because I was trying to be a good grandbaby steward, okay, over the thing that I was told that your closing date is in the middle of October. And so I'm like, oh, well, we won't be without. And so I did all the things according to that schedule. And while that may have been smarter than the grandbabies who waited to the last minute and was like, ooh, <laughs> we ain't got no refrigerator. Hey, uh, and they went into the design center uh, salesperson and said, we need to add and we need to change our whole order and add a refrigerator because we waited last minute I didn't want to be that grandbaby I didn't want to waste that particular money and I didn't want to pay the fee to update our particular order because I didn't do something that I knew about months ago won't be me so while it may be better than waiting last minute that mindset gave no room for God to say hold on a minute because you know this may change now to my defense because I ain't going to I'm not going to just go ahead and just talk about me and gossip about me and put my business in the streets. When I ordered, there was a backlog on a lot of the shipment. A lot of the shipment said be out to you within four to five months. So I ordered in the time span that would get us. It, you can't be without an refrigerator. Have a nice day. Worst case scenario, I'll go ahead and buy me a cooler. And so while that may have worked there, you cannot do that for all the other parts of your life. You got to give God enough room to go ahead and say, <clears throat> let me go ahead and update you. Let me go ahead and, and tell you what to do now. Let me go. No, no. The end goal never changes. But the path that I may take you on is may alter a little bit. I see some things that you don't see. There are some things that are in the queue that I need to go ahead and safeguard you from. Because if I'm going to go ahead and trust you with the responsibility of this blessing, I need to know that I have your ear to navigate you to the promise of this blessing. And so I went back and I was like, okay, so I don't want to be a stickler to the end goal. I don't want to be so cubicle minded that the bird's eye view is cut off and I can't, God can't see me and I can't hear him. Like, how does that benefit anybody? No, I definitely need to see someone who is the, um, in the future. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I can't tell what's going to happen twenty minutes from now. Let alone twenty years. God, I need. I need you more than I care to admit. Okay. Uh. So, wh- what do you need to do to safeguard that? And Holy Spirit immediately was like, because I'm visual. He was like, I'm gonna go ahead and take you back to the old Baptist church. I'm gonna give you three points as to why what the point of it all is. I said, okay, cool. He said, first point is um. God changes you for the calling. I said, okay, can I, I don't want to put too much thought into that, but can you give me a little bit more behind that? He was like, absolutely, because I knew you was going to ask me. He was like, um, why did God take the Israelites the long way? In the Bible, it says that um, there was a shorter way to do that. It was a shorter way to take them from Egypt to the promised land, land of milk and honey. Why didn't he do that? And I was like, oh, because they didn't know how to fight. Right. What good would it be if God took you the shortest route and by the time you get to where you're about to get to, your only weapon of choice is windmill? Hmm. <laughs> uh, the level of embarrassment, okay, not only for yourself but for the kingdom, it will look like God. Why you call them folks? And we all know that God calls the underdog, that God goes ahead and he calls, you know, we have all these cliches. But what we need to realize is that your wind, your W-I-N, is also heavily connected to um, God's reputation. And so if you think that God is more interested in expediting your blessing, expediting your prayer, more than making sure that you can uh, solidify and seal that once you arrive, you're sadly mistaken. God is not about to go ahead and schedule a fight between you and Mike Tyson in his prime and have it that the biggest fight you ever had was in daycare that time over your red crayon. Ma'am, sir, what type of ding, ding, ding? No, that's not even promotable, let alone... Uh, promotable for the kingdom, okay? And so God would rather take you the long way. Go ahead and, and identify, ooh, the first group of Israelites, they're not even, they not even uh, equipped mentally or in their wiring to accept what I'm getting ready to do. So I got to make sure these go ahead and die off. And I'm going to go ahead and um, put 40 years on that thing. I'll wait a whole second generation to get solidified before I go ahead and rush you into something that you are going to ruin faster than what I prepared it for. Not happening. Yeah, God is patient, but more so he's more patient to the fact that you are not going to bring any kind of shame, questionableness, anything that would have the kingdom of God looking like, hmm? I thought that you said you had a land of milk and honey. I did, but y'all not built for it, so wait right here. No, sit sit down for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to do it again. God is patient in making sure that that thing is going to be exactly what he meant for it to be when it arrives. Yeah, I could have went ahead and rushed them people like y'all said the closing was in October. I'm going to need that closing to be in October. Okay, so let them folks hurry up in October. And uh, there are so many issues going on with the home that the work orders (laughs) that you put in is plenty for that first year warranty. That's ridiculous. No, let God ebb and flow the way God needs to ebb and flow to deliver exactly what he intended for you. 
It is a burden to receive something outside of its readiness. Nobody wants anything to be cooked quick just to see that the inside is still raw. You're going to get sick behind that. Nobody wants to hurry up, date you for two minutes, and then marry you immediately and then realize, oh, you were not ready for a wife, sir. (laughs) Whoa, you still have not told your exes their proper uh, place in life. There are no boundaries. You do not know how to, wow, I didn't really take the time. Yeah, I'm going to need you to read the fine print in people's soul and see that if I'm going to merge with you, I need to know that the mission is going to be safeguarded. Yeah, anybody can go ahead and go down to a courthouse. You can get married with no ring. You need to be reassured that if you merge your life with him, that the promise and the calling on your life is safeguarded with him. Hmm? Oh, that was for free. I ain't, I'm not going to charge you. We homies. <laughs> I, sometimes I give you a little bit of coin, a little bit of platinum, a little bit of diamond. And I don't, you know, I'm not looking at the value. I'm looking at what you're getting ready to do with it. I'm staring. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you, okay, great. So then I went ahead. I was like, okay, so I could see that with the Israelites. So give me another example. Holy Spirit was like, so when God took Saul and then uh, updated him to 2.0, Paul, yeah, God was willing to go ahead and take his time because what we did not know uh probably in the time of reading or what Paul did not know in his time of transformation is you're getting ready to be such a staple for the New Testament, bro. It is outrageous. <laughs> like I'm telling you the sort of thing. I'm I'm talking about the work that you did in Philippians, bro. Everybody's quoting Philippians. I can do all things with Christ. I sure that I mean, bro, that's Paul with it. Yes, that is very much that's the grandbaby. I'm trying to tell you. Right. And so listen, you think God's getting ready to fumble the bag on a Philippians quotable situation because he want to hurry up and do something? No, it's bigger than that. The point of all that is he wants to make sure that you are changed for the calling because the calling needs to be safeguarded in your presence, in your hands. Do you understand that? Okay, next point on the um, Baptist church preacher. Uh, He said, (laughs) ultimately, I ain't going to hold you. It should have been zero zing got no higher, a.k.a. number one, um, but in no particular order. The next thing is the point of it all is that he's ultimately making sure that he brings glory to his name. Um, Newsflash, it ain't about you. you. You ever thought about that? Yeah. Like, like low key, this entire thing is banking on uh, God at the end of the day. L- listen, it's a tough job. I'm so glad that God wasn't like, let me tag somebody else in and sit on this throne because I'm going to get ready to tell you. Ain't nobody qualified, and that's good English. Who's qualified to run all this? Who? Sacrificing for people who don't deserve. Who? Blessing people and giving them, again, what they don't deserve. Who? Holding back some stuff. And and you know what? Because I be wanting to hit other people's kids when they acting up. I couldn't imagine God looking down like, I could really just pinch your nose and stop you from breathing. Put you in a coma real quick and make you see that I'm not playing with y'all no more. Like, things that I be, I'm like, I don't know how you refrain. I'm talking about the level of self-control. It definitely is the fruit of the spirit. You are absolutely right, sir. Because let me tell you something. The rage... Like, sometimes when I wake up, I don't be in the mood. 
Unless somebody say something stupid to me, it's like y'all getting ready to get what I, mm-hmm, you getting ready to get every piece of this mind today. And God, you don't be doing that. You don't be like, you know what? I'm over it. <laughs> you move. Because when I'm, God bless him. God bless God. You see what I'm trying to say? Nobody could do his job. Imagine blessing people in the coordinates to it being always connected to your power and your glory. My goodness today. You know how I see that? It would literally be the equivalent to trying to put together an all-star team. With God being the ultimate coach. You literally have to be very detailed in who gets traded, who gets called to be on the team, who sits on the bench, who gets the calling time, who gets the playing time. Who get, who needs to go ahead and all who you paying? How much they get paid? Recruit. All these things have to happen for the common goal of we're going to get the championship this year. The decisions that I'm making, who I decide to put in what particular, who's going to be the point guard, who's going to be the forward, who's going to be all these different decisions that God makes, all these different placements of blessings that God enforces is cumulative it's a summation of bringing home the championship that's how god blesses he blesses with i'm getting ready to put some things in place ultimately to bring this team a championship which then what bring more glory to the championship brings more glory to the basketball team brings more glory to the coach you you can go you move different when you know oh oh that team is undefeated (laughs) oh that coach knows what he's doing like it brings more glory to the coach when the decisions for the team brings home the championship I further saw that when I read Isaiah 48 and I said oh um Exactly what I said is exactly what God was saying when he was speaking to the people. I'm going to read Isaiah 48. You know I read in the NLT version, right? Okay, and I'm going to go to verse 4. He said, for I know how stubborn and abstain you are. Your necks are as bending as iron. Your heads are as hard as bronze. A.K.A. God is saying, y'all hard-headed. Y'all need to sit it down. Like, that's what he's saying. Verse 5, that is why I told you what would happen I told you beforehand what I was going to do then you could never say my idols did it my wooden image and my metal god commanded it to happen six you have heard my predictions and see them fulfilled but you refuse to admit it now I will tell you new things secrets you have not yet heard seven they are brand new not things from the past so you cannot say we knew that all the time eight Yes, I will tell you of the things that are entirely new, things you have never heard of before. For I know so well what traitors you are. You have been rebels from birth. He talking to y'all. Nine, yet for my own sake and for the honor of my name, I will hold back my anger and not wipe you out. (laughs) Ten, I have refined you. But not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. 11, I will rescue you for my sake. Yes, for my own sake. I will not let my reputation be tarnished. 
and I would not share my glory with idols. Bruh, the entire, the point of it all is that God's doing it to make sure that he safeguard his own glory. The entire, did, be honest, and I don't want you to be a Bible-thumping grandbaby, because I can, I can admit when something is like, bruh, mind blown, like I ain't going to hold you. I never seen it in totality that way. I knew that I represented him, but I didn't realize how much pressure was on God to make sure that he blessed in accordance to his own namesake. But that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure, which plays on the first point of you cannot afford to be like, all right, that's the mission I got. Cool. I'll be right back. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You need to be so aligned and in accordance to what God wants to do that you hear the updated new play. This chapter, I just read you in Isaiah 48. He said, bro, I'm getting ready to tell you some new stuff that you didn't hear. It's like the thing is updating as you're playing it out. You need not to be sending out and going forth and doing a, uh, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm visualizing it. You need not to play out the old orders and God has a new mission. The goal is still the same, but he's like, hey, we're going to go ahead. And I updated that. Yeah, you're walking and God is like, all right, take the car now. You in the car now, and God is like, all right, so where I'm going, you need to be in the plane now. You in the plane and God is like, all right, you should have landed two continents ago. You cannot afford. This thing is timed. <laughs> you, the, it, it's, a, it's a time limit on each quarter. <laughs> it's a time limit on each basketball game. Like, it's a time thing. You need not to be trying to do this in your own time and in your own knowledge. I'm telling you now. Do you understand that? The biggest point, third point on my Baptist preacher flow, the whole point of it all, is so that you can inspire others along the way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if you have been aware, but the season that I have just come out of showed me, hands down, that we go as far as our exposure. You, have, you either needed to see somebody else do it, or God needed to expose you to something that says, oh, I can do it. But the bottom line and the foundational root of all things success is exposure. So when God is blessing you, he is literally, back to our conversation on ripple effect, he is literally blessing those around you. There is something about blessing you that is bigger than just blessing you God wants to bless others he wants to inspire others he wants to anoint your head with oil so much that it overflows the way that it says in Psalms 23 that some of that oil can be saturated and spilled and splashed on others you literally are a mannequin for the kingdom and I don't think you realize how much is banking on your win that is more than you just winning. It's you inspiring others to win. It's you exposing the truth of how you properly win. That you don't try to say, oh, it's something that I did. That you bring the glory back to God for his name's sake. That you truly understand, oh my goodness, 
God wants me to win, but he also wants me to bless those and inspire those and encourage those around me as I'm navigating to my win. When I asked the Holy Spirit to show me this in visual terms, because you know that I'm visual, he said, I want you to read about Joseph. I said, bruh, you be knowing the Bible. He said, ma'am, I wrote it. I said, ooh, okay. I don't want to argue. Um, Genesis 39. The NLT version, once again, I'm going to go ahead and do something that I never really do. I'm going to read the entire chapter because that's how important it is to me to drive this home. Genesis 39, NLT, let's start at verse 1. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Two, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Three, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Four, this pleased Potiphar, a.k.a. exposure. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Five, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. <sighs> Pause. Are you seeing You seeing what God is driving home? Every The points that we just talked about? Okay, so let's keep going. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. Six, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing, except what kind of food to eat. <laughs> Joseph was a very handsome man and well-built young man. Seven, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Ooh. Eight, but Joseph refused. Look. He told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. Nine. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. Ten. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept out of her way as much as possible. Eleven. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. Twelve. She came and grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand. And as he ran from the house. Thirteen. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, 14, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me. We beat that in the name of Jesus. But I screamed, 15. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me, 16. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home, 17. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said, 18. But when I screamed, he ran outside leaving his cloak with me, 
19. Potiphar was furious, sir, when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. 20. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. 22. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything that Joseph or that happened in the prison. 23. The warden had no more worries. Because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Bro, what's the point? (laughs) What's the point of blessing you? To inspire others, that others get to benefit from it. But you know what else? You need to understand there's a backside to the blessing sometimes. That, yeah, that favor is attractive. Mm Mm-hmm. Why you think people be in the congregation looking at a married pastor like, mm. <laughs> why you think people be looking at Obama married and president and be like, mm. okay, Michelle, but still, mm. like, and it's, why you think people look at the CEO like, mm. something about seeing that favor, something about seeing that power, something about seeing someone be respected in that regard looks like, oh, <laughs> hello, <laughs> good morning, but rebuke that. In the name of Jesus, uh, Jezebel, that ain't what it is. Instead, don't look at that like I want a piece of that. Look at that like if God showed me that and exposed me to that, then that means he wants me to have that kind of glory and favor over my life as well. Bruh, Potiphar saw, bruh, God is with Joseph in everything that he does. I'm going to benefit from that. I'm going to go ahead and let you exercise and be on be in charge of everything in my house so that I don't have to be worried about anything. The only decision I want to make, the Bible said, is to figure out what to eat. That's as, that's as difficult decisions I want to make. Turkey and cheese, Swiss or provolone. That's as difficult as I wanted to get, sir. But Potter's for his wife, so I want to benefit in that, and I want to do something that does not bring God glory. It would not bring God glory, ma'am, you touching somebody else's uh, situation. You're a married woman. You have a nice day. Boundaries. God is a God of decency and order. Do we need to discuss that? No, because I don't want to gossip about nobody's grandbaby. Do we need to discuss that God is never going to bless you when it's not in decency and order? Do we need to touch on that? Or do you need to go ahead and get a second touch of anointing and ask God, change his heart motive in me? Because while I'm attracted to what you bless, I'm attracted to it in a way that is not um, graceful. That is not going to bring glory and honor to your name, God. And I don't want to be out in these streets thotting it up in the spiritual realm. Hmm? Okay, we don't got to talk about that. What's the whole point, class? (laughs) What's the whole point of blessing you? So that he can change you for the blessing, point one. Point two, that ultimately is all to bring glory to his namesake. Point three, to go ahead and inspire others along the way. To go ahead and expose others to God's excellence along the way. Because if he, he's going to let you succeed in everything that you do, someone's going to benefit from that and ultimately see that at the end of the day, 
they are only benefiting from your excellence because God gave it to you. It all points back to God. If the arrows do not point back to God, then what's the point? What's the point of blessing you? What's the point? What's my challenge to you? Any of those three points kind of mm, felt like it was reading your mail, getting in your business a little bit? Which one of those points does you feel like I'm going to have to refine and make sure that I add that to my focal point as I journey to the thing that God has for me? Is it that you need to be reintroduced to the fact that no, 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 he's changing you (laughs) along the way. The end goal is the easiest thing to do. Changing you is where the difficulty lies. Changing you is where the time frame lies. It's not that the blessing is taking a long time to arrive. It's how long do you take to learn? How long do you take to apply the lesson? How long do you take to adjust to the way God wants to do it? Point one. Point two, do you need to change your sentences and the way that you articulate your blessing? When people go, yo, and they start to compliment you, do you need to start to add, mm-mm, um, that's all God. And not to be no Bible-thumping grandbaby, but to make sure that you don't ever have a Lucifer-type mindset where all the glory goes back to you. I'm not trying to make it spooky spooky, but you need to be able to make sure mm-mm, this is God because God can bless who he wants. God can call who he wants. If he called me, I'm going to make sure that I make that I call back to him, <laughs> that I that I reference him back to him. Like y'all going to know this is not me. I promise you in and of myself, I stink. This is God super on my natural. Trust me, in and of myself, my natural is not good enough. You understand that? And lastly, are people benefiting from you being blessed and are you doing it in decency and order flip side we talked about Potiphar's wife but like flip side do you look do you know how to control yourself self-control food of the spirit around people who are adversely attracted to your calling do you know how to be like look he trusted me with everything but you because you his wife do you have that kind of character I see why God blessed Joseph the way he did now because God blesses character. You think that he blessed the calling. Big difference. That's not the point of it all. <laughs> it's bigger than that. Do you understand that? Do you see that now? Okay, well, look. Um, I feel like you got what you needed. I ain't going to hold you. Mm-hmm, I do. Uh, you know what these conversations are about? What are these conversations? They are good. Look at you trying to say it before me. Slow it down. You got to slow it down. Ah, ah, ah. They are life-provoking conversations. Conversations that not the average person going to have with you, but you, who your favorite homegirl? No, because you tried to say it, and I wanted to do it faster so you couldn't say it with me. Because mm-hmm. I'm Patty. Patty LaBelle. Oh, well. But um, I'm going to go ahead and get something to eat. I, I probably say that a lot, but sometimes... I try to talk to you before I eat because I'm like, if I start to eat, I'm not going to call you. I know me. I'm going to get comfortable. Yeah, you're going to have a nice day. That's just it. But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. But we're going to talk later, okay? We are. All right. (laughs) Later.